Well, after a remarkable victory over Oklahoma, one that seemed to breathe new life into this West Virginia football team, it all came crashing down against a very, very good Kansas State team. The number 15 Wildcats come to Morgantown and hand West Virginia a sound defeat at Milan Pushkar Stadium senior day for the Mountaineers, and it guarantees that West Virginia will finish with a losing record for the third time under head coach Neil Brown. Nick Farrell and Ryan Decker here with you on the Golden Blue Nation podcast, brought to you as always by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawfirm.com. A 48-31 defeat at the hands of Kansas State for West Virginia. So that means that the Mountaineers are now 4-7 and seven overall. They will not become bowl eligible. Deck, we're going to break this down, hear from Coach Brown. Just give me your thoughts on today's game. It was interesting because he said afterwards, Coach Brown did, that it was kind of a weird first half. I was kind of the exact opposite. I thought it was an entertaining first half. That first half was incredible. Maybe the most entertaining half of football of the season when you've got nine touchdowns in the first half. I knew we are going to get into it, but really the second half, just a completely different ball game. And after the second turnover of the game by West Virginia there in the second half that, that just really kind of was the end of things it seemed like. So I get it. I think I think both descriptors, both adjectives are fair. Entertaining, but definitely weird. And I think the weirdness falls in the fact that these two teams kind of mirrored themselves mm-hmm. in the first quarter of action and that, that fourth quarter just seemed like it was an eternity because of yes. all the scoring. So here's how it went down. K-State scores the first 14 points of the game. First seven come off a Deuce Vaughn touchdown run. Second seven come off a pick six. Garrett Green intercepted. And, well, it looked like things were going to get out of hand, didn't they, when West Virginia trailed 14-0 against the number 15 team in the nation. But instead, West Virginia battled right back, responded with a Garrett Green touchdown pass to Sam James to cut the deficit in half, and then a pick six of its own for its second score in Malachi Ruff, and I think it was a 45-yard interception return to the crib. So just like that, West Virginia is going to tie the score, right? Well, Well, delay of game. Miscue on the point after one of several, several special teams woes. West Virginia had been very good on special teams throughout this season, not on this occasion. So, chance to tie, failed to do so. 14-13 is the score, and West Virginia never really got close again as Kansas State really controlled most of the action through the remainder of that first half, uh, leading in the locker room. What was it? Was it 41-25? It was some really obscure score because West Virginia missed point afters, tried to go for two, right? Whereas Kansas State scores five touchdowns and then ends the the half by scoring two field goals in the span of roughly 90 seconds to take a 41-25 lead. But really, Deck, even though technically the game was already out of reach because West Virginia lost 48 to 31 and K-State had 41 points at halftime. Sure. It was out of reach at halftime, but but technically, you know, for me, the turning point was really that first third quarter drive. West Virginia trailing by 16 gets the ball first, and despite having several penalties that set them back into a first and 26 situation, West Virginia goes 16 plays, 49 yards, and gets the ball inside the 15-yard line. Get the ball in the red zone, chance to tie. Maybe you make it a one-possession game if you score a touchdown and go for two. Well, here's how that drive ended. Incomplete pass, rush for no gain, 12-yard sack, which was initially ruled an incompletion and then overturned after a video review right. for a 12-yard Correctly sack. overturned. Correct. That. And then a missed Casey Leg field goal, and I believe that was his first miss of the season on a field goal attempt. So West Virginia had a chance to maybe cut it to an eight-point game, then had a chance on the leg field goal to at least cut it to a a 13-point game from a 16-point game, instead comes up with no points. Sam James called that the nail in the coffin when we talked to him after the game. Right. 
quite frankly, I agree. I thought that if West Virginia scores there, even scores any points, it maybe gives the team some energy, some juice to stay in 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 action. And really, you know, the, the defense played well, forced Kansas State into a punt immediately after. That was the Wildcats' first punt of the mm-hmm. game. But West Virginia just didn't have the mustard after that to, to really get back into contention. And you're exactly right. You know, Sam James, he did. He called that kind of the nail in the coffin in this game. And as you just said, though, West Virginia's defense comes out, forces a punt. West Virginia's offense then punts after that. But then the defense forces a turnover on downs. 16-point game at that point, but drives then became or the number of drives that was right. going to be left in this game became a factor and really once Kansas State got the ball back there late in the third quarter you could tell they were in run the clock out mode they ended up scoring to kind of extend the lead and put that final nail in the coffin but at that point Kansas State was in run this clock out mode and uh, they were able to do that quite successfully. Sure, if the opening drive of the third quarter wasn't the nail in the coffin, it's Garrett Green's second interception, right. which was immediately cashed in by Kansas State for its lone touchdown of the game. Again, Wildcats win 48-31. to West Virginia drops to 4-7 and overall. That means the Mountaineers will not make a bowl game this year. It's a disappointing end deck because you thought that you know after the Iowa State game, you kind of felt this coming. Then after the Oklahoma game, you're like, okay, Maybe there's a chance right. because they did look better. But but this Kansas State team is just miles better than the Oklahoma team West Virginia faced uh, last week. Oh, undoubtedly. And, you know, the, the sad part about this outcome of this game is that, you know, and Neil Brown spoke about this, Deuce Vaughn was held in check this entire yeah. game. Arguably what, 67 yards uh, rushing, 67 I think. R- rushing yards on 22 carries. It's just a three yard per carry average. I mean, for really, he's probably behind B. John Robinson, the second best rusher in this conference. Yep. I can say that pretty right. comfortably held him in check, West Virginia did, but it was the fact that Will Howard didn't have a fantastic game, but he had an efficient game mm-hmm. of throwing for 294 yards, a couple of touchdowns, gets helped out by his defense as well in this game. You know, West Virginia was just not ever really able to get back to within a point where it could make that stop to then draw even. Nine points was as close as it got after the first uh, three minutes of this game. Deuce Vaughn, one of four running backs in the Big 12, averaging 100 rushing yards per game, uh, but also was a pass-catching threat, and he was held without a touch in the passing game today. So West Virginia's defense did win that battle. Uh, I think this game was similar to the TCU game in the sense that West Virginia could not stop its opponent in the first half, but then buckled down a little bit better in the second half. It didn't matter, though, because the deficit was too big and the West Virginia offense just couldn't muster enough points. So Kansas State victorious, 48-31. What that means for the Wildcats is I believe Texas dominated Kansas today. Yes. Kansas State needed a win and a Texas loss to clinch a spot in the Big 12 title game. So it will come down to the final week of the season. If Kansas State wins its finale, then that means the Wildcats will face TCU in the Big 12 championship game. And again, for West Virginia, it means no bowl eligibility and the third losing season in four years under head coach Neil Brown. We'll hear from the head coach in just a moment here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast, but first, a quick word from our sponsor. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Unexpected hurdle? Pritt and Spano. Unseen circumstance? Pritt and Spano. Personal injury, criminal law, flash wills, family law. You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Pritt and Spano. Their passionate team will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com. All right, here we go. Post-game thoughts from head coach Neil Brown following the 17-point loss to Kansas State. Tough day. Um, thought guys fought, competed really, really hard. Um, proud of their effort. No issues with that. Thought they battled all the way through. Um, credit Kansas State. You know, really physical team. They made more plays. I thought that uh, 
and they're going to play. They're probably going to play in the Big Twelve title game. And, and I thought um, they showed some of those, you know, why why they're going to be there and why they're in the top fifteen in the country, and they'll move up after this week. Really weird game in the first half. Um, you know, some things you just don't see. Um, you know, I, I thought we we hung around. Obviously, had a chance to to make it closer there. I was really disappointed our drive offensively right before half. Um, then we came out and we take up like nine minutes off the clock and don't get any points. You know, we had a few penalties there. We overcame the penalties to get it down inside and don't do it. I thought we got held twice on first down down there. We had it first inside on the round of 15 and then thought we got a, another um, either holding or DPI down there. Didn't get those calls. Um, and, uh, you know, to start kind of the three phases, special teams have been a strength of ours all year. really hurt us today. They're, our kickoff coverage team did not do a good job. Um, you know, their kickoff return, they got consistent starting field position. Um, and then in our PAT, I have to go back and watch it. Um, you know, we left points on the board. Um, we had a kid not go out after the pick six, and then we missed one, and – I don't know what happened on the field goal. It's hard to tell on the field level, but that that unit, which has been solid, you know, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't think we've missed a PAT other than somebody at the end of the Towson game, um, and we've been really consistent on that unit. But it, it was not very good today. We left, I don't know, maybe seven points out there on that unit. Um, offensively, just inconsistent. You know, I thought the two interceptions were costly. They turned into 14 points. One of them I, immediately, the other one did. I thought Garrett did some good things. You know, he ran around um, and uh, made some good decisions, made some bad decisions, which is going to happen when you're in your first career start. Um, but, you know, he'll continue to get better. I thought Jalen Anderson was a real real um, bright spot there. We ran the ball, you know, as good as anybody has against them so far this year. Uh, defensively, played really poorly in the first half, you know, and, and had some opportunities. They put the ball on the ground. We couldn't get to them, but didn't play well enough in the first half. Then in the second half, I thought we came out and really fought, you know, and, and especially there at the end of the game. I thought we showed we, – we just struggled. We couldn't get to the passer, you know. And, and if you look at it, if you told me we were going to win the rushing battle, we were going to score 25 points in the first half, and and Deuce Vaughn was going to be held to 60 – what, 67 yards rushing? And I don't, I don't know if he had a catch or not. But I said, man, I feel really good about our chance to win the game. But two turnovers go to 14 points, you know. Um, I can't explain that fourth down. I'm going to have to get our head of officials. The way it's explained to me, it was a mechanics issue, but there's common sense officiating. Like we had it lined up and they, they stand over the ball on a fourth and short. I, I, don't, I don't get that. Um, and then, you know, just a really weird first half. Um, but like I said, credit Kansas State. They played well. They beat us. Um, and uh, with that, I'll take questions. You know, defensively, you guys have been better, you know, in that phase in recent weeks, not giving up explosive plays like you had, but you, you gave up some early. Anything they did just – Yeah, no, you know, they got us um, – their tight ends hurt us the most. You know, that – and tight ends up vertical – and what they were doing is they were kind of running a flood where they get four guys to the side, and that hurt us. They got the tight end. You know, we were like and, – and, and we went into the game really keyed in on Deuce Vaughn. And, and credit to those guys. You know, like we knew Malik Knowles was a good player. That was going to be a tough match for us. Um, but he and the tight ends, 
you know, they they hurt us and, and the quarterback played well. You know, he's played well coming into the game. You know, I didn't know how he was going to handle this is the first game that he really had the pressure going in the game to be the starter and and he played well. Um he had the pick, but other than that, I thought he did a he did a nice job. Neil, um, one thing real quick, just uh, at the end of the first half, you called the timeout. They're going to kick the field goal. You seem, I don't know, animated and upset with something. Um, I'm not sure what happened there. I was just trying to. Yeah, no, that was from earlier in the uh, earlier in the half. Like I was, I was pretty upset with the guys are on our field on our sideline the first half. You know, in in that fourth that fourth down play, like we didn't sub. The ball was handed to the official. Like, I just got to get clarification on why we stood over. Said it was a mechanic issue. I don't know. But all I know, if they let us snap the ball, we get that. And so that's that's kind of what that was. Neil, yeah, what, what went into the decision to eventually start Garrett Green? Mm-hmm. Well, I thought he played well last week. He's a Big 12 player of the, Big 12 player of the week. Um, and I thought his ability to run gave us an opportunity in this game. You know, it's uh, we got some uh, you know some guys are down, and I thought he was just deserving. He practiced well this week. Um, he this is his first opportunity to start. We needed to kind of see what he could do. And you know, here's the thing: I thought he did some nice things. He threw some really good throws. You know, the two touchdowns to Sam, and really the three, all three in the first half to Sam. I thought were really nice throws. Um, some of his decision making's got to get better, but. Have to look at it on film, but that's why I thought he was deserving. He earned the opportunity to start. Was there any consideration of having anybody else take a series or two or getting in? Well, I just thought once you make that decision, you know, in the second half, we didn't have very many possessions, right? Um, we had the long drive, and then we had the touchdown drive, um, and then he threw the pick on the first play. That was that was that was a big play. Um, but I, I just thought once we made the decision. You know, let's let's ride it and let's see let's see what he can do. Is he the starter next week or? I, we'll see. I don't know. I'm trying to I'm trying to get through this one. You fit this already a little bit, but that opening drive of the second half just kind of walked with the frustrations and looked like you had some good things, but we had some really good things. You know, we had a couple. Um, we had what three procedure penalties there, um, and we were overcame we overcame them. I think we got back to what is it first and twenty five or something like that. Um, and then we overcame those. Garrett made a really good scramble play. And then we got down, um, you know, I think we had it first and 10, approximately around the 15, Mike. I, I, I'm not saying that's exactly where it was, but it was first and 10 around the 15. We ran a screen play, and I thought our guy was clearly held. You know, we had to throw it in the ground. Um, and so frustrating there. And then um, – Garrett's got to get that ball out of his hand. You know, they made the right call. His knee was down on the throw. And then I think the snap was low. You know, Casey's still got to trust it and kick through it. And um, and that definitely that, – that was uh, from a momentum standpoint, that was – that definitely hurt us because we, you have the ball for nine minutes, you overcome penalties, you get down there and you don't get any points out of it. That's head coach Neil Brown reacting to West Virginia's 48-31 loss to K-State here on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Brought to you as always by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawfirm.com. Nick Farrell and Ryan Decker here with you to put a bow on this one. Deck, just a couple of thoughts here. Want to tie up one thing that happened before the game that maybe didn't directly impact the outcome of today's contest, but is important to note about the future of this program. And it's something that Coach Brown also addressed after today's game. Charles Woods announced 
announcing on Instagram that he intends to commit to another program. He essentially said, thanks to WVU, keep an eye out for a commitment coming soon. Uh, Coach Brown said he had not seen the player or had seen him just twice in the last two weeks, right. and that the player who has been dealing with injuries this season had, quote, shut it down. Uh, Deck, you had mentioned on a previous edition of the podcast about the transfer window that's mm-hmm. about to open, right? So things are about to start heating up here for this West Virginia team. Right. We're not really speculating when we say that we expect based on trends not just at WVU but around the country, that Woods won't be the only person entering the portal here soon. That's exactly right. So that portal window opens on Monday, December 5th. That is uh, essentially three weeks after the news that basically broke around Morgantown this past Monday now. So Charles Woods, basically what happened today is he announced the fact publicly that he will be transferring, but he cannot technically enter the portal or commit to another team until December 5th. So he's technically still on West Virginia's roster along with any other t- uh, any other player from around the country who has the same feelings, but cannot commit, cannot technically transfer until December 5th. Right, so it's very unlikely that we're going to see Woods at any point. I Does don't know that like he it. was here at Milan Pushkar Stadium today. I, right. I doubt that he makes the trip. Severely doubt now that he's mentioned that he's entering the transfer portal. Exactly. So it appears that his Mountaineer career is over. I think he only played in four games this year, which essentially would allow him to redshirt and then play a final season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's the situation there for Woods, who was a preseason All-Big 12 honoree at cornerback, but was unfortunately limited by that leg injury this season. Uh, one other thing I saw a lot of chatter on Twitter, which tends to be the case uh, about Coach Brown. And just want to reiterate something that is a key point. Deck, you alluded to the big news of the week, which is that Shane Lyons is no longer the athletic director at West Virginia University. University parting ways with its athletic director after eight years. Lyons replaced in the interim by Rob Alsop as a nationwide search to find Lyons replacement. Full-time replacement is now underway. Gordon Gee, the president of the university, and Alsop, the interim AD, have both stated loudly and clearly that Neil Brown, his fate will be determined by the next athletic director right. and that his fate is not tied to athletic former athletic director Shane Lyons. So it would appear at the very least that this result is not going to mean that Brown is also going to be fired here in the next week. At least that's the indication from the university. Yeah, everything that we've seen so far, and I believe Allsop said close to as much uh, on, on Friday that, you know, they're not tying together. There's still a lot of interest in the uh, uh, athletic director job that is open here at WVU. But, but you're right, going back to what was said on Monday the two incidents not tied together and and we'll see what happens with with head coach Neil Brown and his coaching staff I guess really at the end of the season and once a a new athletic director is found but to reiterate the key point West Virginia will have a losing season here for the third time in the last four years under Brown with its lone winning season coming in 2000 that was the pandemic shortened season where West Virginia went six and four and won the Liberty Bowl so that's a wrap on this edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast it means we'll have one more postgame show coming your way after the Oklahoma State game, which is the Saturday after Thanksgiving. You can join us before the game for the Neil Brown Show and Mountaineer Game Day. It will be our final edition of the Neil Brown Show and Mountaineer Game Day for the season, as we'll be switching into basketball gear starting in December. Now that we know the team will not qualify for the postseason, Bob Huggins Show will start up in December, and, and MGD Hoops Edition will tip off January 7th. That's a Saturday morning, and I believe they play Kansas that night. Got to double-check that. That is, that is a pretty fun way to start off MGD Hoops Edition. Always there. a big one. And of course, if you enjoy this podcast, make sure you subscribe, leave, leave a rating. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon Music. You can also download the free Golden Blue Nation app for more coverage and daily video updates on the Apple and Android App Store. Deck, anything to add before we wrap up? 
one game left to play for WVU. You know, the players all were pretty positive after this game, saying that, you know, they haven't given up on this season. They're, they're playing for one another, certainly. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what type of teams, really on both sides, come out next week in yeah. Stillwater. Oklahoma State could have a lot to play for in that right. game. They could also not have much of anything to play for in that game after the, the Bedlam series that's happening tonight. So we'll see what Oklahoma State team comes out. We'll see what West Virginia team comes out. That's another scenario, too. Right. Kind of like this game, where we'll see what quarterback is also starting for both teams. Yeah, interesting. Have to imagine it's going to be Garrett Green. Have to imagine we that. We yeah, did not get a, de- a definitive answer on that from Neil Brown. We also didn't this week but it was pretty clear. Right. I, I got to say, Deck, I think you got to see Nico in a game that, that does not matter for the fate yeah. of this season for West Virginia. I think you got to give him a series. He, he's got the four games for the redshirt rule. He's right. only played once against Towson. I, I know I'm not the head coach. I get it. But, but from a fan perspective, I think that that would be interesting to see because – you got to know what you got, right? You got to know what you got uh, moving forward. And maybe Green is going to be the guy, but you got to know what you got from from Nico. It would be great to see him play in a Big 12 game before the end of the season. I was was surprised we didn't see him here today, especially after Neil Brown mentioned him by name earlier in the week. That motivates the comment, by the way, for me, is that that Brown had noted earlier this week before the Kansas State game that he was impressed by Mark Hill's growth. And especially, too, after kind of the nail in the coffin uh, point in this game, no sense in maybe risking injury with Garrett Green on a very banged up West Virginia team. Let Nico maybe go out there yep. and, and sling it around a little bit, just see what he has. But again, one more week to go. Maybe we'll yep. see him next week. Yeah, I get it. Possessions few and far between in that in that second half. Right. Things kind of work. And Neil kind of said yeah, as much as yeah, well. Yeah, fewer drives in general. So, but maybe there will be an opportunity there. Maybe it will be intentional too from West Virginia to work yeah. Mark Hill into the rotation and get him get him some reps. All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Back next week to recap the Oklahoma State game and to put a bow on the 2022 football season for double UVU. For Ryan Decker, I'm Nick Farrell. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Golden Blue Nation pod. We'll talk to you next time.